the world is full of wonders. Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. Hello, adventurers. Welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. Thanks for joining us for more Monster of the Week. Before we begin, let's check in with our heroes. See, this is exactly why I'm not a leader. It takes a certain finesse to motivate people, and honestly, hard knocks is the way I learned, but doesn't seem like the right method here. Am I so out of touch? No. It's the children who are wrong. I'm Hugo Rashad. That Simpsons reference was so good. That was such a good bit. <laughs> this Hugo hates kids lore is getting extensive. <laughs> oh, man. I am, scientifically, the worst person of the group to emotionally connect with a group of magical American teenagers. But God damn it, I'm going to try. I'm Agent Whitaker. You know, I don't know how long that thing is going to stay banished, and I sure as hell don't want to stick around to find out. I'm Raven Eugenia. I am rubber. I am glue. Whatever I say, fuck you. I'm Damien Edgecrest. <laughs> I'm just glad there's animals here. I'm Felicity Starnbrook. <sighs> I might have been made from a tree, but it doesn't mean I like the taste of dirt. I'm Aiden Brightwood. Let's have an adventure. Last time, our heroes spent time on the Maxwell family farm in Pecatonica, Illinois, orchestrating a series of trials and training sessions for the three young monster hunters, Piper, Mackenzie, and Buck. The trio of teens showcased some of the abilities and magical secrets they had unlocked, thanks to the whispered tattoos they all bear, which they got from a mysterious chest which marked them. Buck grew tired of the mock combat and lecturing and stormed off, frustrated by our heroes encouraging Piper and Mackenzie to develop their abilities, even if it was for self-defense. Ray reappeared, their connection to Felicity seemingly preventing them from traveling too far from her. Felicity, knowing exactly how scary unexplained magic can be, did her best to comfort Ray and the two of them tried to enjoy the calm of the farm together. As everyone else was also taking a moment to recollect themselves, the rest was cut short as a terrifying abomination burst from the nearby cornfield and attacked. The creature displayed an ability to reflect or perhaps mimic attacks and magic directed towards it, but luckily Raven was able to banish the creature before it could claim a victim. As the dust settles, we return to the Maxwell farm, and so, heroes... What do you do? Is this immediately afterwards? Immediately after. Can we go through where everybody is? Sure. Quick breakdown. Piper, or Max, I'm going to use the names interchangeably because one is her nickname and one is her real name. The last you saw of her, she had fallen from the sky in her like black raven feathered gliding cloak and crashed into the cornfield. Mackenzie 
is nearby the line of evergreen trees, which separate the yard area of the farm from the cornfield and other farmland. She had used two of the trees to restrain the creature before you banished it, Raven. Buck is still gone from when he left in the afternoon. He hasn't come back yet. Hugo, Whitaker, and Damien, I think, were all relatively nearby, having also engaged. And Felicity and Ray were maybe a little further off because they had been running from the trailer. Aiden is near you, Raven. And I think that's everyone. Ray is just with Felicity and the blue fire sort of still wisps off their hand. Last session, we had said this was the first time all of us had seen Ray in like the ghost form. And then I realized that we had all seen it in the hotel room when we were trying to communicate with the fox spirit. So I wanted to reiterate that. Hugo and Damien had not. We also went over that. Oh, that's right. Okay. All right, head count. Everybody still up? Does anyone need a Band-Aid? I can take care of myself. Give me a second. Uh, Damien is going to have to heal himself. Are you using magic to do that, or...? Yes. Okay. Go ahead and roll. I think you hear or see some of the, like, corn shifting in the field, and Piper sort of stumbles out. Ah, yes, the two-thirds of teen squad. Yes. How are they looking? She is limping a little bit, because she definitely took some harm when she fell, but she calls over to Mackenzie. <sighs> Ow. Ow. Hey, where'd it go? Where did it go? <laughs> Raven, where did it go? Where'd you put it? I banished it. I don't know to where. I don't know how long it'll stay gone for. I just know it's not here now. And D&D, it's like six seconds or something stupidly short like that. So, you know, get ready. <laughs> I hate that thought. I did get a nine to heal myself, so I'll get the health back and stabilize, but there is a problematic side effect of your choice. Okay, um, hmm, a glitch, but you still heal. Let's see. He's slime, so feel free to nerf him however you want. Here's what it is. Problematic side effect, Damien, as you draw on the spark within you to heal yourself and restore vitality, it flares uh, within your goop form and doesn't retreat. Like, it's still very visible now. Uh, within your form, like it's clocking overtime to try and heal you. So that is the problematic side effect. And in fact, heal too, but you are now a big old target. <laughs> a glow in the dark. Yeah. It's like someone put a ball of like tea lights inside of a bunch of gack. <laughs> and we can all see that? Or is that just like a glasses on kind of thing? Uh, everyone can see this unassisted. Ooh. It's like, Three flashlights are on inside Damien right now. Hey, it's not Christmas yet. What should turn it down over there? Damien, what are you doing? I'm not doing anything. This is perfectly normal. I'm perfectly relaxed. Listen, Damien, even I know that's bad and a lie. And uh, we only got so many talismans on us, man. I, I don't know what you want me to do about this. Turn it off. You're explaining the end result you want, but not the steps <laughs> to take to get there. <laughs> Can you, can you make your skin like rock-like or something? I mean, I'm already intending to not be see-through. Oh. Oh, oh. Oh, no. We should leave soon. We need to leave now. I mean, I can hide. 
go in the barn or something. Cool. I will hang out in the bed. Keep a keep a radio on you just in case something happens. Sounds good. People are hurt, right? People are pretty hurt. Yes, I hate to be a bother, you guys, but I am unstable. <laughs> now, now, Felicity, when I said head count, does anyone need a band-aid? That's the kind of thing. So, so let's <laughs> let's work on some communication here. That is the exact response I would have liked to have heard about five minutes ago. Because you get hit by the lightning, right? Yeah. Aiden will rush over and she's going to try and heal you. I imagine for some reason that Felicity said that while like laying in the grass, just on her back and putting a hand up like, hey guys. There's like an imprint in the corn and you just see. (laughs) Sorry to break up this lovely conversation. Oh yeah, she's got you. You're fine. You heal two and stabilize. I'm now at two. That's better. Same. That's where I'm at. How do the kids look? Like, do they look a little scratched up or like? Piper got tossed around a bit. Piper is either has a broken ankle or at least a sprained ankle. Mm, okay. Ooh. She took some harm. Let's get that splinted. Mackenzie wasn't touched. Buck isn't here to be hurt. And Aiden is just roughed up from being kicked across the field. Raven, Hugo, could either of you do something for Piper? While everyone is healing up and stuff, can I do something? Let's resolve the healing and then we'll jump right to you. Okay. Who is attempting what for who? Um, I can try to heal Max. I don't heal super often, so I don't jump to doing it. But Actually, maybe I'll just get my med kit then. Uh... That might be better. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We'll limit, limit the amount of magic we're doing as much as possible. And I'm going to roll plus cool. The important educational aspect of sometimes magic is not the answer. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, 13. Mm. Miss Maxwell's got two harm and stabilized. Okay. It is not broken. You're very good at telling superfluous injuries, you know, like what is wrong. It's not as bad as it looked. Exactly. And so, yeah, you just wrap and put a splint around her leg. She gives you a half-hearted smile and moves her bangs out of her face again. Thanks, Mr. Whitaker. I'd say stay off it for a couple weeks, but uh, I, I doubt that's going to happen. Yeah, that's that's the soonest anything's ever come at us after we beat one. Like, I don't know, the windows are getting smaller. Uh, I don't think that's entirely your fault. Full disclosure, we're not exactly uh, off the radar of some of the things that were attacking you. We might have brought them to you. Point of order, Whitaker, you should be off the radar. Theoretically, but we, in, in Whitaker's mind, we did have some people without talismans for like a solid minute. Yeah, for a, a minute or two. Now, if you as Aiden want to say, hey, Whitaker, we should be off the radar. Well, I'm clarifying as Keeper, because I think Whitaker would put this together, that everyone of your team has a talisman again, or had one when it attacked. Okay. Because... Uh, Mira went and got the talisman that Rian enchanted to give to Aiden because you lost the one. So by the time Aiden and Felicity got back to the farm, everyone had one of the non-detection items. It's fine if you say like, oh yeah, we're on the radar and then have the moment of realization like, wait, no, we're not. That should be impossible. Well, isn't the realization that the monster wasn't going after any of us? It's going after one of the kids. Correct. 
Yeah. Your uh, connection with um, the Morrigan, how much do you know about that? Can you speak with it, communicate with it? I haven't had much other than like dreams and stuff lately, um, which Ken says might be something, but I think they're unreliable. Everything we read in the books about dreams says it's a real tricky thing to try and navigate magically. They play with the knife in their hand and brandish it to show you. And you can see this this silver dagger, which looks very ornate and enchanted, and the pommel of it has a raven's head at the base. Gotcha. We might need to find a way to communicate with it or find out more about it. Because, yeah, that was pretty fast. Can I check something out of game as well? We said that at the conclusion of the um, banishment, a large symbol was burned into the corn, right? Or am I getting stuff confused? I don't recall anything important being burned into the corn other than like maybe a spell ring from Raven, but it wouldn't have had anything to do with like demons or anything. It was Raven's magic. Cool. Crisis averted. Carry on. Is anyone else healing stuff? I'll just do a quick first aid on myself real fast. I have two harm. I don't know if that's worth. I don't know if Raven would spend the time to magically heal herself. It's up to you. Let's jump to Felicity for a second. You can debate in Discord. Uh, so what did you want to do, Felicity? Aiden, like, sees you laying on the ground and Ray's, like, next to you. <laughs> so she helps you sit up. I got you. Just gold hands into where you got struck by the bolt. Uh, thanks. And I'm going to lay back down into the grass. Okay. And I'm going to close my eyes and tune in. Ah, okay. <laughs> Thirteen. Tune in lets you know where the monster is. Yeah, I can ask um, three questions. Go for it. Where is the creature right now? Ooh, interesting. Uh, do you know what your other two are going to be? Or do you want them in sequence? What is it planning to do? And who is it going to attack next? Okay. You lay down on the ground and close your eyes and trying to tune in to your ability to see things that aren't here in the present moment. It's flashy and staggered because you are peering somewhere you really shouldn't. And you feel tears just forming at the corners of your eyes as you get glimpses of howling wind, dark skies, red lightning, and four shadowy figures where you can't really make out details, just almost like billowing smoke in pillars with red eyes looking at the monster who you see is still writhing and constantly changing as limbs form and then melt away and regrow and the gnashing teeth, the wailing scream of it. And then you see it shimmer and vanish. (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sake. And then you get the scent of hay in your nose. Dark dust streaming through wooden boards and the creature's arm grabs a wooden handrail and you see Damien in the barn. Oh my god. (laughs) Hey guys, uh, it's back. It's back, it's in the barn. We just sent Damien there. Oh shit. Damien, read a bad situation. Oh boy, oh boy. I knew I should have healed. 
always a scary time when Natalie gets really specific on who's healing and what's going on. See, the problem is it doesn't say what you get when you fail. There's there's no questions for me to ask. Oh, but I know. All right, so Damien is in the place apart. Let's prepare for the apocalypse. <laughs> Read a bad situation. You might misread the situation or reveal tactical details to enemies. I can ask questions. His his ba 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 his 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 ba ba. Yeah, Damien's having a rave in the barn because he automatically glows, so he's probably getting his phone to play some music. Got a little disco ball. Here's the thing, Damien. One of the questions from Read a Bad Situation is, what's most vulnerable to me? So the monster, which is not called the Enfield Horror in this story, but that's the real cryptid this demon is based on, in case anyone was curious. It's several arms reach at the rafters and parts of the structure of the hayloft of the barn. And it peers over the side and sees you, this humanoid shape, but made of green slime and glowing from the inside out with this divine spark. On its tongue, it's about to utter the phrase again, the battle cry, Morgan. But it stops, sees you. I'm what's most vulnerable to me. For a moment, we are going to flash to the place apart. And Beelzebub, Azazel, Leviathan, Asmodeus, sitting around on these jagged rocks, the wind whipping around them. And they have this sort of dark orb of smoke that is recreating the scene and the things that the creature can observe. And shining out of this smoky representation of the scene is the beacon of the spark. And Azazel just like shoves Beelzebub uh, in the shoulder. There it is! Get it, he's alone! Fuck. Beelzebub's staff taps into the ground and it sounds like a thousand ton weight hitting steel. <laughs> the monster shifts its focus now fully onto Damien and leaps at you from the hayloft. Well, that's no good. Can I not die here? You could act under pressure to avoid it. Perfect. Because, yeah, Damien wants to avoid this monster. Mm-hmm. That's a six. Cool. Damien, you will take... I forget what it did to Aiden the first round, but I think it was something like three harm. Three harm coming at you, bud. Okay, I'll block some of that with my immortal armor and go back to the unstable that I was before I healed. You are at four or five? Four. Yeah, a creature just pounces on you, bites into you with its teeth. <laughs> You can feel it trying to tear the spark from you. And everyone else outside the barn, Felicity shoots up and says, It's back! And you can hear the scream from inside the Maxwell barn. We're running. We're going. We're on our Let's way. Let's go! Zoom, zoom. Oh, Hugo probably gets there very quickly. Uh, there's no initiative, but if people have ideas for what they're doing, let's figure out how that's happening. If I have the sword on me, I want to stab it. Hey, yeah. Okay. <sighs> yeah, you pull out. Elias Easty's sword. Did we name it last time? My vote is still in for what I want to name it, but it's your sword. Oh, the Damascus? Damocles. The sword of Damocles. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, while he's biting and chomping from all angles, 
Damien, who couldn't originally fit the Sword of Damocles inside of him, but after enlarging himself sufficiently to get the kids out of danger, he's able to have stored the sword inside, so he spits it out of the pocket dimension, not out, it's, you know, they're adjacent, they're touching, and just tries to stab in directly. It's a strange sort of sleight of hand maneuver that you do, where you like whip your hand and suddenly it's wielding the sword instantly as you pull it from your pocket dimension and roll kick some ass. Okay, these dice have failed me twice. There's gotta be some good numbers in them. (laughs) There we go. That is the 10 that I wanted. Hell yeah. Incredible. So the sword does two, and one of my level ups was the Chosen's Devastation, so I do three. Okay. And then 10, let's do one extra harm. Or no, I want it. I want to put it where I want it, which is off of me. Sure. Smart. Okay. Uh, so just three harm then. Yes. You got it. The blade sings as you slash at the teeth and arms grabbing at you. You are able to separate yourself from the creature, but it does tear away pieces of you, just bits of goop that drop to the ground and fizzle away. So you will take a little harm from that, but then the big thing that happens is one of the arms suddenly and a blade of bone ejects from the creature and slashes at you in a similar motion. And that's where most of the three harm that you're getting from the monster is going to come from, which you can reduce uh, as you will. Okay. Are you now at five? I was at four. So plus two is six out of seven. I couldn't recall if you had two things that reduce uh, harm on you. Nope, but I'm wishing I did. (laughs) Hunters. You can hear battle happening inside the barn. Who is first to act? Run. Okay, Hugo. Yeah, we did say Hugo's getting there first. Yeah, it's the highest dex mod, so chances are <laughs> highest initiative roll. It's got the highest speed. Yep. So what do you do, Hugo? You you can absolutely kick on snipe speed to reach the barn the soonest out of everyone. That's not even mechanically worth a roll. So the goal with his running is to not engage with whatever's attacking Damien, it is to retrieve Damien. Because your snipe ability mechanically lets you escape things better, yeah? Yep. Okay. So, Damien, you get slashed by this bone sword, and honestly, as soon as it passes through you, it does damage you, but then the bone cracks and breaks away like brittle plaster and falls to the ground, and that arm shrivels back into the creature as more reach out of it. But the door to the barn is, I guess, quickly opened (laughs) or kicked open or something. And Hugo, you see Damien besieged, beset by this monster. Uh, Since Damien only has one harm left, he's basically a puddle with a sword. Struggling to maintain your shape, uh, Hugo, you can now roll your snipe move to retrieve Damien and retreat. Gonna need a bucket. I was about to say, yeah, might as well get a bucket. Uh, get a little ShamWow, soak him up. <laughs> <laughs> Bucket and a mop. 13. 13. Guys are rolling well. You grab Damien. Do you throw him in a bucket or? So technically for me to have done this properly, I would have had to run in, 
toss the axe that I had behind me or like drop it on the ground, grab Bucket, scoop Damien up real quick, grab Sword in other hand because he probably's not holding it fully at that point, and then bolt back to everyone else as fast as possible. Sure. Yeah. If yeah. Damien allows, of course. I think he's willing. I couldn't fight you if I wanted to. <laughs> so you quickly, yeah, there's absolutely a bucket in the barn. It's a barn. There's plenty of tools. But you sling the, or, you know, hold onto the sword, hold onto a bucket of Damien and zip out of there. And everyone else, as you're jogging as fast as you can over to the barn, you see Hugo emerge and sort of skid to a stop in the grass, the snipe lightning crackling off his feet and a bucket of Damien kind of just spills out onto the ground because of the momentum. Problem, 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 problem. <sighs> Bursting through the doors of the barn is the creature, breaking, sending splinters and wood across the yard of the Maxwell farm. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh no. Can Raven try to do something? Yeah, please. Raven wants to try to trap a specific person, minion, or monster. Okay, sure. My original thinking was to try and trap it in the barn, but if it's bursting out of the barn, that's fine too. It rent the doors off the hinges they were on. So like some of them just fall down. Some of them are busted apart into splinters. Okay, that's fine. Let's see how I roll before I <laughs> just describe any flavor for this magic. Mm-hmm. That's a 12 total. Okay, no glitch. Ooh. I rolled two fives. <laughs> Is magic an advanced move for Raven? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Someday. <laughs> it's on the list. So what I was thinking is that as it's like bursting through the doorway, Raven's going to think about when Tomas and his turtle spirit trapped her on that little island. And she's going to try and mimic that and see if she can put like a bubble force field around the whole barn. Interesting. To like... In case part of the barn, like use kind of the walls of the barn and also use a, like a bubble because she's seen it work before to like block off the doorways and to stop it from like bursting through the walls. It may not be exactly the same, but that's what she's picturing and channeling in trying to trap it. I like this. You picture that encasement, that, that force field type magic. I think Raven like probably closes her eyes and like mm -hmm. extends a hand out. The rest of you watch as Wendy's form glows with silver light and it zips forward towards the barn. And probably only Hugo can follow it with perfect clarity because you're able to enhance your vision and see Wendy moving almost in slow motion thanks to your super speed. But Wendy takes a quill off their back and very rapidly starts to carve runes into the wood of the barn and runs up the side and carves another. Runs parallel to the face of the barn, still writing and carving as it runs and makes a full arch of these runes carved with its quill into the wood of the barn that's still left and remaining. And then discards the quill and runs back to your side, Raven. And when you open your eyes, every sigil that Windy carved lights up with that silver light and a barrier of your color of magic forms in front of the creature and it pounds limbs and teeth and a gross elongated tongue against the surface of this barrier. And it does not seem to be able to get out of that space for the moment. 
Raven's going to catch Windy as they come back to her. Sure. Scoop <laughs> him up in her arms. Mm-hmm. Hey, what the fuck? Raven's still got her hands out. She's going to be like, I don't know how long this will hold. You guys got to do something. Is Damien okay? He did not see Hugo run in. <laughs> Jesus Christ, give him here. Hand in puddle, go. No. <laughs> Hand in the puddle. Okay. Damien's not going to life drain Hugo. Oh, I thought Hugo was healing him. Oh, see, I assumed it was the other maneuver. Which one was it, Aday? That's what I thought, which is why I was going to intervene. And I was like, wait, he might just be healing him like a regular person. Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> that was not the intent at all. H- Hugo, that- but you can do that. <laughs> well, that's either something way, you can do. Either way. No, that's fine. That's fine. Either way, Hugo, you don't feel anything happening when you put your hand into the bucket of Damien. Well, so currently Hugo's just literally standing there with his hand in a bucket of Damien. That, that's <laughs> yeah. what you're seeing. Do you say anything to him? <laughs> just waiting. I can't understand you. Speak faster. You got your heart in my mouth. Go fight it. I'll be fine. I can heal myself. You need all the energy you can get. Go get him, Tiger. Well, before taking his hand out, he is going to put a burst of healing in, if possible. Yeah, use magic. This is where things get worrisome. Just a 13, so never mind. Not worrisome. (gasps) Yes! Okay. Damien, you heal one. Still unstable. Magic healing doesn't automatically stabilize. Yeah, he'd have to roll something really good for that to happen. Or have it as an advanced move. Ah, shucks. Okay. Piper runs up beside you, Raven. Hey, how can I help? What do you need me to do? Off the record, I completely forgot they were here. Yeah, it's still her farm. (laughs) Yeah, I think Raven jumps a little bit when Piper shows up next to her. Oh my god. Honestly, I don't know what to do. I'm so afraid of this thing. It is still pounding on the barrier. Does Raven have any sense of how long the burial will last? Does she know if it's kind of a time thing or like if it gets beaten down enough, it could break through? Would she know like the difference? You're not sure. Okay. Is it changing as it hits it or is it like just holding steady? It's certainly reacting and you feel the magic being strained as this thing tries to bust itself out. Okay. But you also know that were that not the case, like Tomas's barrier seemed to be able to hold as long as his familiar was concentrating on it. And Wendy is still glowing with that silver energy. Okay. There's almost these little star lights within the hollow eyes of their wooden mask. So we still have to work quickly. But I also made it so no one can attack it. <laughs> God damn it. Why don't you investigate a mystery? All right. That's a lot smarter than me just speculating. Yeah. Use, use the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 12 total. Um, I'm going to ask what can hurt it. And I'm going to ask what is being concealed here. Hmm. Okay. What can hurt it? You're recalling some of what you observed in the first round against this monster before you banished it. Every attack that you guys hit it with seemed to hurt it. It's just that it would then throw that same kind of attack back at you. But you did also notice that every time it attacked with that mimicry ability, whatever appendage or part of its body it used to expend that energy, then sloughed off and turned to ash and vanished. And as you watch this thing pound into the barrier, trying to reach you all, 
you see arms starting to wither on its body and drop away. Okay. So I will tell you what is being concealed here. This creature, you get the sense, might not have an indefinite amount of energy to expend, but that it might act like a bit of a battery. Okay. As confirmation of this, it stops pounding on the barrier and you see it breathing heavily and it turns around and goes back into the darkness of the barn. Don't like that. Yeah. All right, Raven's going to, she's gonna call out to everyone. I think we need to tire it out. It only has so much energy. We need to force it to use all of its energy as quickly as possible before it can recover. But it was absorbing everything you gave it. (sighs) Maybe we can hit it with something that will stretch its abilities too far. Or maybe we have to outlast it. Yeah, we need to get really good at hitting it and dodging. I'm just keep that barrier up all day. I do not know how long this is going to last. Felicity. Yes? Your tune-in is still tracking this creature, and you get another flash of the place apart, and you see Biel's and Azazel shouting at each other. You can't make out what they're saying. It's, like, muffled. And then you see the creature again at the back of the barn digging where the wall of the back barn hits the ground. It's digging. Shit. We don't have much time. This barrier doesn't extend underground. Felicity, you feel a hand on your shoulder and you turn and you see Ray and their head is not the blue fireball now. It's their head, ghostly pale with their hair flaming and fire. And they turn to you with bright white in their eyes and they say, We should go. You're in danger. Well, we can't just leave these kids to fight this thing. They glance over at Mackenzie and Piper, who are still standing by Raven, like, ready to go or follow instructions, and look back at you. I will be your defender. And they raise into the air and kind of make this blue ring of fire around you. Cool. So I'm going to start prepping to fight this thing. Okay. I am going to reach into my bag and pull out a special tin of cookies. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> okay. Feeling snackish, Miss Starnbra? A little peckish? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> and I'm going to eat a cookie. Nice. All right. Um, I think that's a use magic roll we've done in the past, right? Yeah. All right, cool. 11. Suggestions from the peanut gallery. What kind of cookie is this? We've done fire. We've done tree. Give me the cookie first. I want cookie first. I'll figure out how to make it magic. (laughs) What about like a a lemon cookie with icing on it? Ooh, okay. Mm. It just sounds delicious right now. Lemon shortbread, maybe? Yeah, like lemon shortbread. Oh, lemon shortbread. shortbread. All right, all right. Felicity turns into a lemon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, when life gives you lemons. All yellow. The, the Enfield monster's mouth kind of like puckers up like a cat that just licked a lemon. Mm, ooh, ooh, I don't like that. Ooh, let's see. Hmm. Cookie magic. Why'd I do this to myself? <laughs> Wait, I thought you had like a list somewhere. <laughs> no, I've made it up every time. Oh my God. Yeah. 
What is the elemental power of the lemon? When you think about it, it just means that all the cookies are constantly fresh baked. Ooh, I like that. A lemon is acidic. Also used to make invisible ink or uncover invisible ink is what Kuhn's telling me right now. Very fun. I think, Felicity, you do turn yellow. (laughs) Head to toe. Your eyes suddenly become slitted and have like an emerald greenish yellow hue to them. And you see on your skin, what because it is yellow, you also see that it is slightly scaled. And when you go to speak, what, what does Felicity say? That was a tasty cookie. <laughs> when you say tasty cookie, the S in taste, a little bit of acid shoots out of your mouth. And I think we will call this cookie a lemon strike. I like it. Mm. I like it. All right, I'm ready. Ray slash Inari in their blue ghostly form nods at you and they say, Not a bad color on you, but stay close to me. And they start to conjure a a blue fireball in their hands. Hey, Felicity? Yeah? Don't let Ray throw any fire at that thing. Not if it can absorb it. Sure. Guys, I don't know if you remember this, but there are like horses in there and stuff. So maybe not throwing fire at the barn full of flammable objects is the best idea. I have an idea, but I am about to make a sports reference. So bear the fuck with me. Whitaker is a jock. Well, actually, show of hands, who's a jock in here? I think technically Raven and Hugo, but not like... Karate doesn't count. Not here. Not now. Okay, then not us. (laughs) Whitaker is about to reference soccer or something. (laughs) Basketball specifically, the only sport Emery ever played, uh, and then stopped when everyone got taller than Emery. (laughs) In basketball, if you are on the defense, you can't run up to the person with the ball and slam yourself into them. You have to wait for them to slam into you. Otherwise, it's a foul. So all I'm saying is we can't be throwing shit at this thing. We have to let it slam into us. So I need a bunch of barriers for this thing to throw itself out without giving it any extra energy to send back at us. Hugo, Raven, Felicity, is that something you all can manage? Let's do it. Aiden will throw out her wings and sort of fold them forward and a gold shimmering barrier appears. (laughs) I think that's a good plan, Whitaker. All right. Everyone take plus one when you act on Whitaker's advice here. Yay! And be ready, it will be going for either Damien or or our resident Morrigan. Those are the targets. Put stuff up between them. Mackenzie looks at Piper and says, Max, maybe you want to get out of range? And Piper nods, calls to Flurry, who scampers over in the grass hops onto her wrist and then she points her arm at the ground and Flurry opens their little mink mouth in a whirlwind (sighs) and they shoot up into the air. She throws out her cape and just starts gliding on like thermals. Can you remind me what you just said we have plus one to specifically? Emery, could you read the move it is? So this is uh, often right. If you take my advice, you get plus one ongoing while you're following that advice. And it also says you mark experience too. 
that that Ooh, might okay. just so I, you don't have to do that every time that we might level up very quickly if that happens you get one experience if you do something that follows Whitaker's advice in this moment yes yes okay but the one is ongoing like so if you do it yeah. once and then do it again yeah cool 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 as long as we're doing what you said and everyone gets it it's just sort of there as long as what you do harkens to what Whitaker has laid out as the plan perfect sweet after Whitaker says all of that, Raven's just going to call out, as soon as it digs out from under the barrier, I'm dropping it. So, uh, you know, as you're making this plan and Whitaker says, we just got to take some hits, the creature wriggles and crawls its way out of the backside of the barn, climbs up onto the eave of the roof and peers down at you, all now getting ready and bracing yourselves. Damien, you're in a bucket, <laughs> a gleaming golden bucket at this point, because the spark is still cooking and clocking itself to try and keep you alive. <sighs> it's like one central eye splits into two eyes, one focused on Damien, another one focused up in the air at Piper. And it is going to, I'm gonna roll to see who it goes after. It's going for Damien. Hugo, I'm gonna need you to be a bit of a quarterback right now. I don't know what football is. I hope that's what quarterbacks do. Quarterbacks throw. <laughs> <They> throw. <laughs> don't be a quarterback, Hugo, please. <laughs> be, be whoever runs with the ball. Do you want me to switch into football mode? Hey, Whitaker doesn't play American football, so no wonder he got that messed up. American football? Are you telling him to kick me? No. Oh, fuck. <laughs> no. <laughs> the sports metaphors are really falling apart from Whitaker. American football. British football is soccer. I'm yes. talking about whatever. When he when Hugo mentions football, he means British football. No, of course he does. Because he's cultured. Either way, the creature is leaping from the roof of the barn and seems to be ready to sprint across the remaining ground to get at Damien, who is acting. Barrier. Okay, go ahead and roll magic. And Raven's gonna drop her barrier. Eleven. Nice. What does your barrier look like, Felicity? You know, when you're like driving down the road and it's really hot and on the road, you can see the little like The mirage? Yeah, that's what it looks like. Nice, okay. You throw a hand out past the blue protective circle around you and the air in front of where Damien and Hugo are positioned ready to defend suddenly shimmers like that. And the creature in mid leap slams into the air and then falls back into the ground as you manipulate the density of the air in front of them to create a solid plane for it to bounce off of. I'm gonna roll again. The creature rebounds off of that into the ground. <laughs> pushes itself up and the eye focused on Piper suddenly takes focus and it shoots its elongated tongue up into the air to try and snag her and slam her into the ground. What are people doing? Someone else do a barrier. <laughs> Sounds like it's Hugo's turn for a barrier. We'll just all go in circles and take turns. Hugo, do you want to take this one? Barrier. <laughs> you can hand off the bucket if you need to. <laughs> yeah, you've got to roll magic if you're going to do this. Combat magic, technically. Yeah, first hands off the bucket. Because we're doing 
ice barriers because those are always fun. I think the dice parser's broken. Because <laughs> I got another 13. <laughs> hey, hey, we once had like a string of the worst fucking rolls in existence. Live oh, in yeah. this moment. Love this moment. Mm-hmm. Be in this moment. Keep your head in the game, Hugo. This is the thing Hugo is good at. So, what does your ice barrier look like to stop this thing shooting up into the sky? So weirdly enough, this one, it wraps around the tongue that's in the air and makes it fall to the ground first. Sort of just like a a growing tower of ice that intersects? Yep. Cool. And because it's kicked some ass and it was higher than a 10, I'm going to force it where we want it. Where is that? Actually, no, I'm an idiot. That's the worst thing I can do in this case. Um, 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 who feels like being next? I mean, Whitaker's not going to make a barrier. Except with my big, beefy body. Your ice barrier intersects the tongue. It stops the tongue from grabbing at Max. But the monster, it uses the anchor point that your ice tower creates to then just reverse that motion and it pulls its body up towards where the tongue is stuck in the ice. It lands and latches onto this pillar and arms start to grow out in a massive hail, branching and splitting and dividing and multiplying to try and surround Max in the sky. If you want to give plus one to Aiden, I could have her do something fun. That's what's going to happen. Plus one forward for Aiden. Aiden, gold wings out, is going to roll protect someone. Five plus three, eight. Aiden swoops up and shields Max with her wings, basically encompassing her like a mother bird protecting a a nest of chicks, which is fun because Max has wings too in the moment. The dozens of hands start to claw and grab at Aiden's wings to try and get in past this defense she's created. She will take some harm from that, but then she's going to activate her angel wings and try to blink her and Max out of there so the hands have nothing to grab at. Don't fail. Okay, well, six plus two is eight again. Mixed success queen. She (laughs) teleports. There's a gold flash. The hands condense in and then pull away and there's nothing there. And you guys don't see Aiden or Piper anywhere. Hmm. Worrying. Shit. Well, at least they're out of trouble. But they're also not here to help. They're out of danger. They didn't harm the creature. And Max is safe. Uh But the creature on top of the ice pillar, all of the arms that we're grabbing turn to like stone. They like freeze and then break apart and drop and seem to vanish before they even hit the ground. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, ice is good. Ice uses up this monster's powers a lot. Uh, Well, not so much the ice. It, it, it's, again, tried to attack with something that it evolved to attack with that didn't work, and then that thing just wasn't useful anymore, so it fell away. This thing is constantly resetting itself to adapt to the next challenge, and so its tongue actually just fully <sighs> comes out of its mouth, and it leaps off the tower tongue turning to dust and vanishing, leaving like a circular hole at the top of this pillar of ice. Actually, yeah, maybe switching up elements and barrier styles is the call. I was just thinking ice seems efficient to like trap parts of it and get it to let go of those limbs. 
Yeah. Whitaker, do you want to roll like a sharp or like a tactical check here? Yeah, why not? Let's let's do a let's do a sharp roll. It's a nine. Okay. With a nine, you can tell and you know what? Make it a ten. You can get plus one forward. <laughs> uh for following your own advice. <laughs> <laughs> you can see that this creature looks smaller than it did when it first showed up. Ooh. It's definitely less massive than when it first broke out of the barn, and even less so than when it burst out of the cornfield the first time. Calls out, y'all are doing great. Keep it up. Thanks, Dad. Go team. (laughs) It screams to the sky as it lands into the ground. Morrigan! And then that eye that was searching the sky just turns to dust, and the one on the front of its face shifts over and sees Damien again, and then it bounds towards the bucket of our friend. Uh, Can I try to make another barrier? Sure. This will be protect someone. Okay. Seven total, but I get to add a plus one because of Whitaker, so it's an eight. It's an eight. Can I help out? If you help out, it would be a nine. Well, I also have help out as an advanced move. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, go ahead. Cool. Unless Hugo would like to help out because you might be able to do something magically. I was going to do a magic barrier. Okay, yeah. Hugo, go help. I would love Whitaker's help, but I don't know how he could help. Hugo, if you want to roll help out and try and assist Raven with this barrier, you could maybe get her to a 10 and have it succeed. Okay, I'll do the thing. I like to imagine that like Hugo is the one person still standing in front of the bucket and Raven's like running towards him with Windy at her side. Because Hugo can either barrier or run with bucket. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) So. How'd we do? We got an eight. So it it worked, but you know what that means. Trouble or danger for Hugo. As is customary. Do I also... Like, because I rolled an eight for protect someone, do I get, like, the side effect of that too? Or is Hugo rolling to help out negating that? When Hugo rolls help out, his help grants plus two. Okay. And as long as he gets a mix, he's granting you the help out. Okay, sweet. Right? That's how that works? Yep. But you expose yourself to trouble or danger. So your barrier, Raven, becomes a 10 and fully succeeds. What does that look like? I'm going to have Windy, instead of do like a bubble again, I'm just going to have them run in a straight line and try to throw a wall up. Whatever the bubble looked like it was made of, it's gonna look like it's the same, like magical material, but it's just gonna be a straight line through the grass between the monster and it was heading towards Damien, right? Yes, the creature is making a beeline for Damien. Okay, yeah, so she's gonna have Wendy run in a straight line and do the same thing and just throw a big square wall up in between the monster and Damien, hoping that it will run into it. Yeah, I'm gonna narrate a little bit. Mm -hmm. Wendy takes off that silvery light glowing now from their antlers and making like a trail, like a ribbon of this silver barrier magic off them, almost like the light cycles in Tron. Yeah! And they zip in front of 
Damien, and the monster is running, barreling at it with, you know, now it has three, four, seven, twelve legs that it's just like bounding with and using arms to grab clods of sod and move itself quicker. It sees the barrier just in enough time to leap up, and Hugo, the help that he grants is an ice wall just <laughs> extends upwards from where your barrier stops to create like a second level of height. And so it slams into that ice and falls back, or maybe even bursts through it, but just completely is discombobulated and sprawls out onto the grass beyond where Damien is now. Okay, in that case, because since it was technically a 10 plus, I get to choose an extra, and I was stuck between you hold the enemy back and you inflict harm on the enemy. Mm -hmm. And so I really like the idea of it bursting through the ice wall, and so I'm going to say we inflict harm. So it's not holding it back, it's not stopping it, but it's going to harm it as it bursts through the ice. So the bonus you're taking from your protect someone is you inflict harm on the enemy. Yes. Perfect. It bursts through the ice wall, sprawls onto the ground. Hugo, your help out exposes you to trouble or danger. Your ice wall comes up. Fuck. And you guys are like, oh, hell yeah, we stopped it again. And then you see a vibrating, spinning axe. into the creature. You idiot. (laughs) Buck comes charging up the driveway. Big ol' idiot, he's back. (laughs) Having hurled the axe at the creature. (laughs) Himbo. You see it, Whitaker. It (sighs) swells back to its original size. Shit. (laughs) Buck goes to reach for the axe, but an arm shoots out of its body, takes the axe, and throws it at him. No, 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 no. And Hugo dives in the way. Yeah, that's yeah. what happens. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what would happen. Uh. Hugo, you take three harm from Buck's axe. Oh. <laughs> and you are sent into the ground as it's like in your side. This is a theme. Yeah. This is really a th- mm. You're the one that keeps diving in front of sharp bladed weapons. A motif even. Yep. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. This is the first time I've gotten hurt, so. Nice. Okay. It's not as dire as the other times, then. Uh, a rarity. You see this thing, the wound from the axe. It's there, but it has... It is much more uh, energized once again. Shit. Hey, Buck. Don't hit it. Don't hit it again. Mackenzie also calls out, Damn it, Buck. We had a good thing going. We can't beat this one with raw strength. I'm going to have her roll use magic to try and restrain the creature. That's a seven. It becomes a nine. She throws her hands into the grass and more vines erupt and try to grab onto the legs of this creature and snare it in place. But you see spikes grow on its body and they vibrate like the axe blade. And basically it weed cutter itself out of her magic uh, in response. Damn it. It'll slow it down for like a second, but I'll say that her glitch is short duration and it's not going to be effective for very long. Yeah, I think Buck rushes over to you, Hugo. <laughs> oh, you dropped this. Ow. Oh, hells. I'm sorry, man. What is this thing? Something that violence is not the answer this time. Just try to hold it off. Hugo, roll manipulate someone. Uh, why, why you got to do that? Oh, shit, this is the one kid my sports metaphor would work on. <laughs> and he's the only one who wasn't there when you made it. Damn it. 
Yep, that's a six. Ooh, it's a seven. You are acting on Whitaker's advice. Yep, that's a seven. <laughs> right. Time to be a wall. And he will run over and get in front of Mackenzie. Did he take his axe back first? No, he just leaves it. <gasps> Ouch. At least he's listening. Progress. Hooray. With a mix, you're able to convince Buck to go and stop attacking the monster. As much as he would love to, because he hates abominations the most. This kid's gonna fucking die. What are you guys doing now? Damien is going to use his heal three hex ability on himself. Good. Instead of relying on other people to heal him, he's going to do something and heal himself on his own, even though it hurts like a bitch. Go for it. That's a 10, baby. No scars. Nice. nice. It just hurts. It hurts <laughs> a lot. Yeah. You in the bucket, Damien, are weakly observing all of this go on and you see Buck make this mistake. And you're like, well, no one's coming to save me now. I got to do something. What are you even good for, you stupid spark? But you haven't drawn on the spark this much this quickly before. And it's almost like it's kind of reacting to your demonic nature, given how divine it is and how much you're pushing it. So you feel yourself getting your energy and capability restored. But it feels like that time Aiden punched you in the face. <laughs> Everything's buzzing a little bit when you're done. Excellent. And with that, because this creature can't quite fly and can only sort of try to reach those who can fly, Damien is going to turn into a crow and try to fly up and out of reach. Sure. You all see the bucket glow brightly and then a crow (laughs) 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 takes off into the sky. Everyone sees Damien take off as a crow and the creature tears itself free from the vines Mackenzie was trying to conjure, growls, snarls, and hunkers down into the ground for a moment. And then sprouting out of its back. Oh no. If you were to imagine a bat's wing, except that for every finger-like bone that a bat has in its wings, you replace those with arms. All connected by a fleshy membrane to create a horrid set of mock wings. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) This thing creates makeshift wings out of itself and awkwardly takes to the sky trying to chase after Damien. Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> Everyone's face is the best right now. <laughs> this is horrible. Don't describe that again. I hate that that image is in my brain. Felicity, you got any ideas? Yes. So basically, I want to do another barrier above it, but I want it to kind of slam into it and slam it back down to the ground. Make a sharp check for me, Felicity. Okie dokie. 14. You know that's a bad idea. To have the barrier actually forcefully impact this creature would be another type of violence. And it's pretty clear now that that is the thing that keeps this thing fueling and refreshing. The more you guys aggress towards it versus simply stopping it, the quicker it will like reset itself to being like big and scary. So you can make a barrier, but I think you would pull back just at the last second to make sure that it only creates something it cannot pass through so that it's the monster's momentum and not your spell causing it harm. 
Okay, we'll do that. All right. The air densely compacts again, forming this sort of mirage-like shimmer in the air, just as Damien passes through a zone, and then the creature smacks into it and falters. And you see one of these wings seems to, like, break apart, and it detaches, and right from the stump where that was, tentacles grow out and extend around and try and whip Damien out of the sky like a tentacle whip. I rolled a 12 on Aiden's angel wings. She reappears in a flash of gold along with Piper. The two of them intercept this tentacle attack. It will ground the two of them, and they are going to take some harm from this, but they at least keep Damien airborne. Max drops to the ground. And she's holding her shoulder like it maybe got knocked out of the socket when she landed. Aiden also crashes into the ground. And the creature sees Damien getting farther and farther away into the sky and simply lets the other wing that it's using to keep itself half airborne disintegrate and it drops down. Morrigan! Its focus shifted once again. It's going to go for Max next. Anybody got anything? I mean, I like not being hit. Raven, get a barrier going. I'll make a barrier. Summon an elephant. <laughs> Do you want to summon something, Raven? Or I, part of me wants to just keep doing the exact same thing with the barriers, but also that's really boring storytelling to just do the same exact thing over and over again. So I'm like, well, maybe I should just. How is the monster looking? Like it was working and then it got hit by the axe and it healed itself. How is it looking now since then? It has hit two barriers since then, and it is looking a lot weaker once again. Is it at, like, the same point as when it got hit by the axe, or, like, even worse now? A little better than when it got hit by the axe, still. Okay. Raven's gonna summon something. If you can get Max out of there, out of the way, that's also fine. Yeah, you could just roll to protect rather than make a barrier. Like, I can roll to protect her, but I don't know in the story what she would do to protect Max, who can, like, kind of fly. Well, but Max's shoulder is dislocated at this point. So Max is not flying right now. Maybe you can summon the lightning spirit again, because it can fly. (laughs) Second time today. Oh, yeah, second time today, you're right. (laughs) It's been, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, holy shit. (laughs) I'm going to roll to summon something. I've been kind of thinking about it this whole fight and kept putting it off, and that's what I'm going to do. Sure. It's a six, but I have a plus two to weird, and I was about to ask if I get the plus one for Whitaker's thing. If your intention is not to harm the creature, then yeah, you can take that. Okay, cool. So it's a nine. That's a mix. You gotta roll your suit and card now. That's a two on the D4, and a five on the D10. (laughs) Oh no, what? Wait. Wait. Raven, you pull a card. <laughs> and your your goal here is to protect Piper, who mm-hmm. cannot fly and cannot move and is grounded. Mm-hmm. And there is a green flash when you draw this card. And leaping out of it is a tall, slender, with very elongated limbs, but like greenish spots on greenish skin with webbed feet as the disappointment card is drawn and you summon the frog spirit. I had scrolled one too many suits. And so I was looking at the moth spirit and I was like, yay, I can fly. (laughs) This is so much better. You draw disappointment 
and the frog spirit leaps forward, fully like their humanoid frogish shape, the same that you saw in the, you know, the space when you communed with your deck uh, a little while ago. And as the monster is charging for Piper, they just leap down, grab her, shoot out a tongue at Aiden, also wrap her up, and then leap into the sky away as the monster barrels into like a tree or the side of the barn or something. Yes! And they look back over their shoulder at the demon with a wide cheeky grin. Ah, did you miss? Too bad for you, ugly. Now that's disappointing. Raven's <laughs> just gonna call it, I love you. The creature now is shaking on its many limbs as it tries and struggles to stand and gives out a final bellow. Morgan! And it will, with the last of its strength, leap, mimicking your frog spirit's legs to jump into the air and intercept them as they're descending down from their jump. So they need to be protected one more time. So... They jumped up in the air. The monster is jumping up in the air after them. Mm -hmm. Can Damien fly as a bird from the side so that they move sideways and out of the way and the monster just jumps straight up in the air? Oh, you want to like change the frog spirit's trajectory? Yes. Absolutely. Roll protect someone. So cool. Give him a big old hug. I mean, at least I level up. That is a five unless uh, I get some assistance. How much luck do you have left? Not enough. You don't have enough. I know you don't. I could. (laughs) I can't let him get both of us simultaneously. Oh, yeah. Fuck. All right. Yeah, we'll we'll use the luck point. We'll do the, the full protect where you and the people you're trying to protect take no harm. Probably the right call because on a fail with protect someone, you end up making things worse. And I'm sure Natalie has like a whole other half of an episode planned. So yeah. (laughs) Does that leave you with one? Oh, yes. Yeah, that is a singular point of luck left. Okay. Do not use it. As far as you're concerned, you have no luck left. Damien, you have swooped around in an arc as you see the battle from above, bird's eye view, and the monster makes this final last ditch pounce towards Aiden, Piper, and the frog spirit. (laughs) I like the idea of you coming in as a small crow and getting bigger. You tell me what you turn into. Oh, it wasn't going to be a turn into. It was just going to be a full slime to knock them off course. Okay, so you just sort of turn into a slime net? Yup. I like that too. So yeah, little crow flying, flying, flying. And then suddenly, bubble, 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 a sheet of slime encases the frog spirit and then almost forms a ball, like a bouncy ball around all three of them, taking them away from where they were headed and where the intercept pounce was going to happen. And this abomination snaps its jaws on nothing. And when it lands, it shatters into ash and begins to blow away, having had many rounds of it not getting to attack something. And Damien, as a slime, you just (laughs) bouncy ball around for a little bit. Frog spirit, Aiden and Piper all get bounced around inside of you and then you kind of just melt. And 
I think Aiden probably sits up like, oh, gross. And Piper too, but Frog Spirit's just standing there like, well, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> it's nothing new for the frog. Holy shit, we did it. Yeah. They've got like a little straw hat that they tip to you, Raven, and then vanish in like <laughs> green twinkles. Oh my God, I love them. Disappointment frog redemption arc. Redemption arc. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. I'm so happy. Hello, adventurers. Thank you so much for joining us for our 50th episode. We are so glad you've made it all the way with us. It's crazy to think about where we started and how far our heroes and the podcast have come since our humble beginnings in Autumn Falls. This is a big milestone for any show to hit, and I'm so grateful for all of you who have stuck it out with us since episode one. This week, we're highlighting a brand new Monster of the Week podcast, Nameless Monsters. Let's check out their trailer. Welcome to Nameless Monsters. We are an actual play podcast playing Monster of the Week this season. Travel to Triple Springs with Brad. This is going to blow your mind. I don't know if you've ever had s'mores, but if you've never had them with Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, then you've never really had s'mores, right? You know what I'm saying? Okay, so first, and he goes through the whole process, makes him a s'mores, passes it across, and then just watches him with this big goofy grin on his face for him to take that first bite, like, eh? Eh? See, dude, that's what I'm saying, man. So it's like, it's like s'mores are already a 10. Cranks it up to 11, bro. Mags. Mags has her four inch binder spread out in front of her, loose leaf papers everywhere, pens sticking out of her hair. And she starts chanting with her eyes closed, finishes the chant, checks the page, says, nope, nope, that's wrong. And closes her eyes again and starts all over. And Morris. I've never driven a car before, and then they gave me this car, and they told me to drive 10 hours away, and like, they know I don't have a license. I had to put that on my paperwork, uh, and, and they still gave me the car, and they still told me to drive the car so that I can go find this guy, and I'm like pretty sure I can't find people because like, I'm not I'm not like a detective or anything. Like, my well, major's communications, and that, dude, that's not a real breathe. thing. Adventuring every other Wednesday beginning September 7th, Nameless Monsters, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find Nameless Monsters on Twitter at NamelessMON underscore pod. They're just starting out on their adventure into the world of podcasting, so if you can send them some encouragement, I'm sure it would mean a lot. Then again, just because other podcasts have been around for a while, say for 50 episodes or so, as a non-specific example, doesn't mean we don't want encouragement too. If you can leave a review, tweet about the show, or share us with someone you know, it truly means the world. Word of mouth is forever the best way to help us find new listeners, but that doesn't mean you have to talk to someone with your voice. Word of text is probably just as good. Maybe. It's at least close. Thank you to our new patrons. I think some of you haven't joined up on the Patreon-exclusive Discord yet. If you need help with that or a fresh link, feel free to email us at thestorytellersquad at gmail.com. But if you'd prefer to be a lurking patron, I can respect that. You do you. 
live your best shy goblin or a knowable cosmic being life. If you'd like to be either of those things, or just a vanilla bean patron, you'll find the link to our Patreon in the episode notes. And lastly, I want to give a little heads up that I'm going on vacation next week. I'm visiting a really good friend of mine in Denver for a while, and so I may need to postpone the next episode release since I won't be able to work on editing while I'm there. Some of you may know I will find a way to do some sort of work for the podcast on my trip, but I simply cannot edit when I'm away from home. My fruit-branded tablet is a useless chunk of technology for that sort of thing. Maybe I'll do some writing? I don't know. Mostly, I'm going to take a breather, recharge, get inspired by some touristing stuff, and let my brain rest. And when we do come back with an episode, it's going to be a special surprise. So stay tuned, adventurers. I'll see you next time. So as the monster disintegrates and burns away, the rest of you find yourselves breathing and alive and probably feeling somewhat proud of yourselves for figuring out how to defeat an opponent who you couldn't actively aggress towards as it tried to come after you and your friends. What do you all do? Check on the wounded. <laughs> yeah. I think Mackenzie might actually run over to Hugo and I'll see if she can heal you. Oh, no, Mackenzie. Oh, yes, Mackenzie. <laughs> Can I help out? How bad is it? She needs your help, Raven. Okay. Yeah, roll help out. Let's make sure you succeed. Yep. That's not good. Oh, my fucking God. Raven. Y'all. That's a six total. <laughs> oh, no. Do we need a chain help outs? I even have help out as an advance move. I got so excited. Hugo, do you want to help out? No, we're not doing any fucking magic. I'm getting my fucking med kit. Well, well Whitaker, the, the magic's already in progress. No. Two magic spells have already started to go wonky, so it needs to be a magical source of help. Yeah. So, yeah. Hugo? Whitaker's uh, slapping band-aids over the magic hands. That's a nine. Okay. <laughs> that's good, right? It's enough. Was Hugo helping Raven help out? Or were we cutting Raven out and he's directly helping? You was helping Raven. We can't cut you out. You took an action and we're about to fail at helping out, which would have made things worse. Yep. So what this will mean, Mackenzie has This Might Sting. Mm. You can use magic to heal three harm, but it's exceptionally painful. It's the move Damien just used on himself. <laughs> so if she gets... So if she gets... Even a plus one, it becomes a mixed success, which means it will work and it will heal Hugo of three harm. But it will also leave a gnarly scar. You know what the funny thing is? You already has a scar there. But if Hugo's help out roll helped Raven, doesn't that give me... Oh no, that, d that only adds plus two, right? It would add plus two, and with your six, it would give you a mix as well. Okay. I thought it would get me to advanced, which would then like boost Ken's, but no. You and Mackenzie both had sixes, so I'm kind of splitting Hugo's two additional help points between the two of you to get you both to a mix so that it doesn't kill him. That makes sense. Okay. I like the idea that you see Mackenzie running to Hugo, and he's your friend, so you're running over as well, and her hands are shaking, but you see the green vines of her whispered tattoo start to light up, and she moves a hand towards Hugo, but her magic looks a little unsteady, so 
you panic a bit and throw your magic in to try and help, but you're also rushing. Hugo, how do you help these two? They're trying to save you from bleeding out, but they could make it worse unless something is done to truly stabilize this magic. Hold our hands. Yeah, like, do you just reach out and hold their hands? Or do you say something reassuring? Oh, geez, how how would that work? You know what? He's going to motion them away from the chest itself or like the stomach area itself to his tattoos to have them put a hand on the tattoos themselves. Okay. Yes. I like that a lot. Which area? Which part of you? Left side? Right side? Each side. Why not? One on each. Okay. Raven, you shakily touch Hugo's tattoo right around where the snipe portion is, and Mackenzie will touch the ice and lightning portion on your other arm, Hugo. The axe, you can pull it yourself. You'll be the best judge of how slow or fast to remove that with regards to your pain tolerance, but you get it out of you. Your other tattoo, which gives you your resilient ability, is cooking, burning hot to keep you alive as it knits you back together. And with Mackenzie's magic, you would heal three, but thanks to resilient, does it double the amount of healing you receive? Yeah, it's an extra point. All right, so you heal four, and all of your tattoos start to glow in this moment, Hugo. And the scar that is left by this axe wound and the magic your tattoo starts to grow there, completely separate from the other portions of your tattoos, but ink begins to magically spread from the scar, beginning to mask it, but growing to become a new shape. I have something in mind, but do you have an idea of what your tattoos might be doing here as a reaction to this scarring that's happening as a result of the magic? Seeing as the basis of most of the tattoos was technically scarification at some level, I'm gonna just trust you with it. Mm, okay. Because. You know how to do things. What happens then, along your side where the axe caught you, originating from the scar are the branches of a tree. They spread up your serratus muscles and over along half of your left pectoral and ribcage area. It's kind of a picturesque design, but this somewhat gnarled looking tree forms in the dark ink of your tattoo. That's fine. That's gonna be fine. Nothing to worry about there. Mackenzie pulls away. Her hands are still shaking. Oh my god, what did what did I just do? Um, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to do that. You kept me from bleeding everywhere, so worth it. Congratulations, you've saved a life. Ow. Whew. Her face goes blank and she sits in the grass looking stunned. Aiden walks over to Piper. She's going to try and heal Max and set her shoulder back in place. Her hands are glowing golden, and she says, Okay, you're all right. I'm going to set this in three, two. And she goes to pull on two, but at that exact moment, her magic flickers away and does not activate when she needs it to. So she just winds up pulling on Max's dislocated arm. Max just shrieks with the most blood-curdling, I'm-in-pain scream you've heard in a while, and Aiden just goes pale and starts stammering. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. Uh, hang on, hang on, Max. I'm so sorry. Whitaker, I need some help. Shit. Hey, hey, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I've got it. You're okay. You're all right. Piper's definitely choking back tears. Oh, God. It hurts so bad. Uh, somebody do something. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. All right, look at me. I got this. I hope Whitaker's got this. Otherwise, this is going to be darkly hilarious. It's all right. Just pulled it in the wrong direction. 
Oh, thank God it's an 11. <laughs> All right, Whitaker. You've had to sit your own shoulder before. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you and Max's shoulder goes back into place. She's still whimpering and she immediately clutches it again like, ah, ow. Yep, uh. yep, yep. It's all right. We'll get you a little sling. Just give it a rest. But you're okay. Flurry crawls out of her cloak collar and nuzzles at her cheek. Aiden is just taking a walk away. She's shaking her hands out. Oh my God. <sighs> looks like she's got the jitters now too because she's taking deep breaths and just looks really upset over having hurt Max even accidentally. Oh boy. What are we going to do with these kids? Are we? Hey, hold on. Let's not get too relaxed yet. Are we sure that thing's not coming back? Whitaker, it literally disintegrated. I know. We might have a little more time. Do you want me to check? If you could, that would ease my nerves a bit. All right, I'm going to tune in. Okay. Yeah, roll. Ten. Felicity, you are standing there in the ring of blue fire that Ray placed around you. It's starting to die down as Ray is landing on the ground, their ghostly form starting to fade back to normal. You reach out with your magic, trying to find the creature, and everyone else sees the fire around Felicity swell and turn into an unnatural crimson red. Felicity, you get more of those jump cut style, very quick flashes of the place apart. And this time you see Azazel and the other demon lords arguing with Beelzebub. It was within our grasp. How could you let it escape? My battle is with the Morrigan. This was not your creature. I should have had full control. You're both idiots. <laughs> you both fucked this opportunity up so badly for us. Edgecrest is my spawn. I should decide what gets sent after him. They are just bickering amongst themselves. But no monster around? There's no monster around. And more yelling and squabbling goes on, but finally... <sighs> red lightning strikes amongst the middle of them, as Azazel has snapped her fingers. Enough! We need to focus. Beelzebub, Edgecrest is the priority. Your obsession with this spirit is pointless when divinity is on the line. And Biel says, I can sense the Morrigan. And until I cannot, my attention lies there. This alliance is not a priority for me. The red fire around Felicity dies down, and your hair settles, and the yellow all over your skin drips <laughs> off you like you've been doused in lemonade and is gone. Nice. So we got some good news, and we've got some bad news. Good news, no more monster. It's gone. My nerves are eased. Bad news is that we may have kind of Shaking things up a little bit in the place apart. My nerves are no longer eased. <laughs> Everyone, you see Felicity delivering this news very calmly and matter-of-factly, but she is visibly crying. Hey, Felicity, you, you, um, 
You're right. You want to sit down for a second? Yeah. Anytime you glimpse into hell, it's a little, a little difficult. Yeah, it wears off. You'll be fine. Dang me. What? It's classic home. <sighs> yeah, for the one of us. Yeah, it's emotionally draining and physically exhausting. Yeah, that's pretty standard. And it makes you cry just to look at it? A little bit, yeah. I've never cried in my life. <laughs> Do you have the capacity to cry? Nope. Interesting. But yeah, they're all fighting down there. They're all bickering. Well, that's good. Nothing's changed. Did they seem distracted, at least? They seem divided. It seems like most of them, you know, want to go after Damien. But Beelzebub is, you know, really, really dead set on this Morrigan thing. Uh, how does he keep knowing where to find the Morrigan? Um, he said he could sense it. They don't have any of these. Aiden holds up the non-detection amulet she's wearing. Mira! Do you summon Mira? Yes. <laughs> she pops up next to you. Hello, darling. Hey, do you think you can get us some more of those amulets? I don't know. And she shoots a look over at Hugo and then another one over at Whitaker. I can't call him again. I, I can't do that to him. Not right now. Yeah, I was under the impression that the one we just got was the last one we're going to get for a little bit. It's also been less than 24 hours. Yeah. So, um, if we need more of those, we're not going to get them from the Whispered. Or at least not, not from Rianne. Mira looks at you, Felicity, and says, Sorry, darling. If you don't need me, Beatrice and I were in the middle of an exciting game of bridge. <gasps> that sounds like fun. Go head back. I'll see you later. She gives a kiss on the forehead and vanishes. See ya. <laughs> Best girl. Always a pleasure. Hugo, do you know how to make them? Is that something we could learn? Because I think these three would really benefit from having some of them. I'm pretty sure this is more of a religious thing than what I'm used to, but I have no idea, honestly. Hugo, it's time to find God. God can't help us here. Aiden gives both of <laughs> you a very weird look. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any auras coming off when you look with the glasses or like the dagger do you want to do an investigation Whitaker sure coming off of yeah the dagger specifically or the talisman specifically I would imagine it's the dagger I mean I guess I could look at everything yeah, yeah. glasses go on okay uh investigate a mystery I will do exactly that mm, it's a fail it is a six. Someone could help out, but, you know, it, it's not dire if I fail this one. Wow. Okay. Aiden can help you, but it'll get her a nine. Whitaker, you put on the glasses and start to look at everyone gathered here. Everything you've seen before, you see. Although, you glance at Ray, who is no longer on fire, but is also not unconscious which is a new development in terms of her and her usual, like, become flaming defender and then collapse. They're kind of just standing, like, awkwardly, like, glancing about following the conversation. But the fox spirit is no longer, like, beside them 
tethered by those ghostly strands. When you look at Ray through the glasses, there is a like fox pelt over their head and draped around them and the nine tails sort of swishing behind them. Ooh. Some, hmm. some integration is happening there. That's very cool. And it is different from, say, Azazel's fox mask. It is a, a different thing. Yes, Azazel's like half split down the middle fox mask is like a wooden one. Yeah. This is more like Anari is just resting their head on top of Ray's head. I like that. I like that a lot. Very cool. Very cool. You're focusing in on auras or the amulets? I was just going to look at everything. Uh, well, well, ask the question. That's the, other, that's the other important thing. Yeah, that's true. There are questions associated with this role. I suppose it has to be what is being concealed here, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think what you see is glancing over like your young companions, these young teens. Their whispered tattoos glowing brightly, magically. Mm-hmm. You can actually see, because it's sort of like a special type of x-ray vision, that Mackenzie's tattoo, the vines, become a similar tree to the one Hugo had recently additioned to him. And it's like this blossoming tree that goes all the way up one side and a little bit down her shoulder blade. It is fairly progressed. (sighs) Buck's tattoo remains simply the whispered emblem over his heart. And Piper's, uh, again, is just sort of on the shoulder uh, with just like a little bit of extension of it beyond that. And from Piper's dagger, you see dark, ghostly tendrils. And standing behind her is a cloaked figure, can't see inside the hood of it, wearing the raven-feathered cloak that always appears on her when she activates the dagger's magic. Dark hair in ringlets kind of spills out from the hood, and feminine hands with, like, long gloves that have the fingers uh, removed to reveal, like, these long, white, pale nails. Just stand with, like, hands steepled beside Piper. And there's sort of dark feathers, like, swirling around. That's fascinating. Hello there. Does the figure react to anything in particular in the conversation? No, they seem to be fairly silent, stoic, and more standing at attention should they be called on. Gotcha. But it is tall. This is like a six and a half foot tall figure just towering over. It's taller than Whitaker. Yeah. Black wings form the cloak and then a second set form like behind with like the shimmering iridescence of raven feathers. So what are we looking at, bud? Miss Maxwell, quite a dagger you got there. Yeah, I mean, it's got us out of a few scrapes. I mean, it's not as cool as your deck, Raven, whatever. <laughs> Adjusts her bangs again. Oh my god. I can see the spirit attached to that dagger. It might benefit us to try to have a conversation with her so we can understand or try to get you to stop fighting all her fucking battles. Aiden helping you with this role, Whitaker. She gets a mix with her nine, which means she will be exposed to trouble or danger. And you see her bright, though dim, outline walking towards Piper. 
She takes the locket from around her neck and holds it out to Max. I think you need this. Fuck. Aiden, of all of us, are you really the one who's going to be doing this? She turns to Whitaker. There's no way they can keep doing this. I don't have to be the one without an amulet, but we are way more equipped to fight this fight than them. And the demons already want most of us. Raven's going to hand her amulet to Mackenzie. It's now, it is the Morrigan Beelzebub's after. We might be able to get away with just cloaking that one. Aiden shrugs and says, I'm pretty sure Beelz knows them all at this point. And if they send something after Piper's friends, then she's in danger all over again. Yeah. Fair enough point as any. Oh man, what a noble sacrifice. Now she's going to go hang out in the haven. That's so, so tough. (laughs) Hope that's not too rough on you emotionally. Shut up, Damien. Do we know if there's any whispered groups, like official groups out here? Maybe we can't get any more amulets from people back home, but maybe there's someone close by that we can try. I can look into it. Hugo, roll, just roll 2d6 for me. And as he's rolling this 2d6, he's also taking off his amulet. Oh, I was, no, damn it, I was about to fuck. <laughs> it's fine. No, that, that makes more narrative sense. Go for it. I assume you're handing yours to Buck? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And we got an eight, so. An eight, okay. I was sort of using this as a version of your deal with the sect thing. And mostly, I'm just reiterating a bit of Whispered lore here. The Whispered are not organized the way the agency is. They don't have communication between the different groups of them. It's intentionally kept so that you only know your cell, and that's it. Both as a way to prevent anyone from like capturing one entire group and interrogating them to be like, where are the rest of you? And they wouldn't know. They'd be like, you got us all. And it's just been that particular group's tradition over time to like pretty much keep it family-based and, you know, alliances between families. And that's about it. Like there's no, there's no registry. You can't like go around looking for the whistle. Like the whole point is that they're very tough to find because they're so secretive. The fact that you keep running into extra whispered is odd already. That's why I feel like we could find them. I know they're hiding on purpose. I know we can't just look it up. But this is an emergency. And if we really dig in, maybe we can find some locals. If you want to find someone who can't be found, you just have to get them to go looking for us. Exactly. So if we got some weird occurrence on town that could be written off as something very mundane and normal, but a whispered member would think about investigating such things. That's how we set a trap. Now, with the amount of weird things that already happen in this town, according to these kids, I'm surprised they haven't encountered any whispered members in the area. So maybe not this town, but maybe in the state. Someone closer than back home. Sure. I mean, we have to keep running anyway. We might as well keep looking. Does anyone want to investigate a mystery? Or read a bad situation? I can do it. Just see if I can roll well enough. Mm-hmm. That's a 13! 
Oh, shit. Okay. You read this on your blog somewhere. Go ahead and ask some questions. I'll let you pick from either list. There's some that work from both, and I don't want to limit you. A 13 is really good. Can I ask where did it go and what is being concealed here? Those are actually perfect. Where did it go? I'm going to apply to whispered groups in the area. And Raven, you recall that this group's origin story was that they found an old abandoned chest, which then branded them with tattoos and had the dagger inside of it. So what is being concealed here? If there was a whispered group in this region, they lost. And this is what's left. And now the magic of the dagger and whatever this last whispered person's plan was, is rekindling the group as a last ditch effort of like, put defenses back in place, albeit a little non-consensually, honestly. Kind of a backwards thing, having it be a defense thing that also lures in a vengeful demon. Well, I'm sure it was unintentional. You think probably, yeah, like the reason BLs hates the Morrigan so much is likely because of how well she worked with whatever Whispered member had her knife before and really put a stop to a lot of his plans and things in the region. So the, the reason there is a grudge here is because of the many battles that were probably waged with this other previous whispered group that ended up, you know, leading to the end of them. And I guess who knows how long this knife has been passed down. Yeah. And Beals has just been holding the grudge even more as each person uses the knife to do more things to piss them off. Mm-hmm. Shit. Sucks to be a chosen one. And there's no way, like, I, Raven knows for sure that this is because the Whispered group is gone and it's not just, like, it's not a clue that they're out there. It's a clue that they're gone now. It's a clue or at least, like, a theory you could probably posit that, like, if they were Whispered around, why don't they have this chest? Why don't they have the dagger already? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If this yeah. is like a magical thing associated with them, why was it just sitting in an auction house if they weren't around to look into it and take care of it? And why did they never show up to stop any of the monsters that Max and her friends had to deal with on their own? Yeah, that is a really good point. If they were whispered in the immediate area, they would have intervened by now. Yeah, they would have run into them at some point. But there isn't because it's the teen squad. It's the kids. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> That's your situation. Mm -hmm. I understand it. I just don't like it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I have to do these things. <laughs> no, it makes it makes perfect sense. And I honestly feel a little silly that I didn't put that together sooner as someone who helped write the backstory for these children. <laughs> <laughs> this was things I came up with after we were done yes, <laughs> designing true. the kids themselves. That was my big idea. <laughs> yeah, that's your read on the situation. I share that with the class. <laughs> Remember that stuff I said about there being no walking away from this? Yeah. No walking away from this. Fuck, dude. <laughs> yep, you gotta run full speed. I think we've given up enough amlets. Let's get the fuck out of here. Part of me wonders if there's anything to trying to mess with 
the Morrigan's knife and try to break it somehow so Biel stops coming after it, but then it leaves Max vulnerable because they rely on the power so much. Yeah. I imagine there's no way to separate it without taking away the powers. I think you have that thought internally, Raven, and it sours immediately as you see Wendy sitting at your feet. Yeah. It would be like telling you to give them up. Yeah, no, you're right. I, Raven does not say that out loud. Yeah. Aiden nods when Damien says it's time to go. She just looks to Whitaker and says, I think that's what we can do for them. Now we are the target, so we should get as far away as possible. Yep. You're absolutely right. See you, nerds. Damien, get back <laughs> in your bucket. Get in the truck. Get in the cup holder. Get down the road. <laughs> <laughs> Just get out. Just not you too leave. Far. We'll pick you up. <laughs> Start walking, buddy. Love you, Durs. <laughs> I love you all, and I enjoy this town and these kids, but Damien just has to be a little shit about it all. Mm-hmm. No, we gotta go. Yeah. All right. Bye, teens. And I mean, especially now that there's the, the barn, like the ruined barn. <laughs> yeah. Probably better to not be around when blame is looked for for that. Yeah. Uh, should we leave them like one of our credit cards or something? You Just could. transfer this some money. We leave them the Hodag's credit card. Aw, the Hodag would want to help with oh. this spiritually. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, leave them the Hodag's credit card. Okay. Yeah. Tell them not to go overboard, but definitely buy the essentials. Right, yeah, just, sure. just enough to like make the, the barn look less broken. Yeah. <laughs> Enough new lumber to fix the door and... There was a tornado? There you go. A really small one. Do they get those out there? They do. It's Illinois. There are tornadoes. Yeah. It was a tornado. It ripped up the corn and tore off part of the barn. Yeah, that's that's a good enough cover story as any. I mean, we've used it five times, but I'm sure it'll go over fine. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's a good one. Uh, Hopefully you won't need to use it again for a while. You glance around and see, like, a new window on the house, a new section of fence siding. (laughs) The mailbox is definitely a little too new for the kind of house that it is. (laughs) Stuff has been being replaced around here. There's a couple of trees that are, like, brand new straight from the nursery, little twigs. Mm Mm-hmm. Next to stumps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, the teens all put the lockets on and Mackenzie has the book that Hugo gave her and she's got it open and just starts jotting things down. And she says, Well, thank you all for everything you did. This was... (sighs) Yeah. Good luck out there, I guess. You too. Thanks. I wish we could have helped more. Do me a favor. Make some friends. You're going to need them. It helps. Yeah, we'll try. And hey, you know how to contact me just in case. I may not answer immediately. I probably won't answer immediately. You may need to leave a message. You know, here's my phone number. (laughs) All right, everybody, everybody give them your phone numbers. That one's Hugo's. And you guys have so many phones at this point. We'll be able to help you if you need it. I think your regular phones are all turned off for the moment, so you'll have to give them the 
temporary ones you bought? My main burner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whitaker just has a drawer full of burner phones somewhere. Yeah. There's one with like a little cute sticker on it, and that's like, that's the one. That's the one we give people. Mm-hmm. They're all named after different Bowie songs. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Unless there's anything else you guys want to say to the curious crew, uh, you can head into the trailer and get out of Pecatonica. Raven's going to give Max a hug before they leave. Oh, yeah. She returns it. You're so cool. Uh, thanks for helping us. Not even. I wish we could have helped more, but please, please, please keep in touch and keep writing about all your adventures and just tell us if you need anything. If things get really, really bad, I cannot make any promises, but we're going to do our best. Uh, maybe I can come see you guys in Autumn Falls sometime. It looked nice. That'd be really cool, yeah. Not, not for a while. Someday. Like, like in, in a while. Let us dream, Whitaker. <laughs> Did you catch what she said, Raven? No. She said, it looked nice. Oh, I did catch that. I was going to mull that over later. You can kind of put together that that's where she and Aiden teleported briefly. <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Ooh. Oh, I wonder where they went. Grabbed a quick coffee. <laughs> they had a slice that of pie. <laughs> it was a couple <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Grabbed a very quick espresso, maybe. <laughs> Little piece of pie from the uh, the maple leaf. <laughs> they teleported to like behind the counter at the maple leaf, grabbed some coffee and pie, and teleported back. <laughs> so you say goodbye to Max, Buck, and Mackenzie, the curious crew, Teen Squad. Hey Raven, hurry up with your goodbyes. We're going drinking. Oh no, not another drinking episode. Not another drinking episode. We cannot. <laughs> you guys wave. You leave, you drive through basically a bunch of fields because you're in farm country and you just start to head back on your trajectory away from here, uh, having defeated not one, but two demonic incursions in order to help these kids adjust to magical life. That evening, you park either at a place where you're able to just stow the camper and camp there or in some hotel parking lot. Is there anything you guys have to say to each other or to discuss uh, now that you've put some distance between you and these endangered teens? I'd like to corner Hugo at some point, but I also don't want to distract if you've got things you gotta get done. Does anyone else have anything besides Whitaker? I think Raven's in contemplative silence tonight. Yeah, the mood is is low. This this was a rough one. You know, everyone's safe, but uh, and poor Ray had to call Brad and Ellie at some point to be like, "Yeah, we're moving on. I I can't work the food truck with you anymore. Sorry." God, poor thing. But Hugo, where are you this evening? as everyone is settling in to spend the night in the camper. Hmm. I would imagine he's feeling a little conflicted, at least, given the nature of these kids' experience. Yeah, that's accurate. He's contemplating exactly what would have happened to the group prior. 
or to the group of whisper that was there prior what stuff the kids will need to do to get themselves properly established and then what other groups are out there that might be an issue trying to make contact with mm-hmm. and how to deal with the fact that they're down three amulets yeah as you're sitting there contemplating you suddenly find your mind drifting to the county fair again only you're not remembering the recent trip to the county fair this is from a while ago you haven't thought about that trip to a county fair in ages you in fact can't even quite recall why you would be thinking about it oh, fuck oh fuck and you feel yourself give me a setting are you outside are you absolutely outside you are knocked to the ground as if someone had pushed you very forcefully and it's nighttime so you look up into the night sky and the stars rearrange themselves to form Fuck. the visage of Aranyakabe and he bellows down at you Hugo Rashad this memory is false <gasps> and Hugo looks very confused uh, uh, uh. <laughs> what? what the fuck you see he takes a moment straightens his celestial's tie and he says I was recently attempting to sell this memory and my client asked to return it it is incomplete Mr. Rashad returns are not how I do business it does not look good for me you're the one that pulled it out of my head aren't you you Offered it. I rearranged the stars in the sky and fate for you to save your friends. How <laughs> dare you give me a half-baked thought of a memory? Do you want the full-baked thought then? What am I supposed to do? It's a memory. I can't pick my memories, really. Figure it out and do not let it happen again. Uh, that's an assumption that I'm going to be giving you more memories. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'll look into it. He vanishes. The stars put themselves back into place. And Hugo, you now are trying to think of this memory. I'm like, what do you mean it's broken? And you realize that you think back, you're at the fair, you're with some friends. They're mostly friends from college. But there's someone in the group who you, when you try to focus on their face, you can't recall it. You can't recall their name. When you think back to the events of the day, you think, I spent a lot of time with them. I should know who this person is. And you can't recall them. That's a problem. Yeah. That's fine. (sighs) You stand, and unbeknownst to you, you're in a better mood now. What were you worried about before? Eh, It probably wasn't important. Just got to focus on those missing amulets. Where did they go? Fuck. Uh, you must have lost him in the fight against the trash monster. Shit. Hmm. Uh, no. what was your thing you wanted oh to talk God. to Hugo about? Oh, <laughs> 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 well, Natalie, it's funny you should mention. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, one sec. I'm I'm recovering. Yeah. yeah really we are process that. really. Whoa. That was fucking cool. That was quick, too. A price needed to be paid. Wow. 
I think, Whitaker, you see Hugo lying on the ground. So um, I want it to be clear. I want it to be clear to the audience. I did not know this was going to happen. (laughs) I wanted to corner Hugo for quite some time, several episodes at least, and now just happened to be the most convenient moment. You can cut this out if you want, Natalie. I just want to go on record. Yeah, no, it's fair to go on record, but I also... I know these things. I know, I know you know these things. <laughs> Natalie knows all. That's what I pay you for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Natalie's getting paid? Uh, yeah, so Whitaker is like finished just doing the very quick unloading that they do when they, you know, stop at any temporary place for the night. Yeah, get rid of garbage, food wrappers, drinks from road stops and that sort of stuff. Yeah, and... uh he goes looking for Hugo and finds him on the ground. And uh, he uh, stands over him for a second. You all right there? Hmm? Can't be comfortable. It's more comfortable than you think, actually. Would you mind getting up for a moment? Yeah, hold on. Stands up, dusts himself off. What's up? You, um... Did a good job with those kids. Thank you for that. Uh, you're welcome. You're you're welcome. You gotta understand, Hugo. We are now more of a target than ever. Far more than I'd like to be, and I would like to clear up a few things before we move any farther forward. Is that understood? Your tone worries me, but sure. Yeah. I suppose I don't want to tiptoe around this shit any longer. So I'm just going to ask you point blank. Have you been in contact with Dr. Aranya Kabe since we left Portland? No, I haven't. Hugo, roll manipulate someone. You know what's going to be funny? This is probably going to be the one time that actually goes really well. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh my god! Like I said... This is the one time it goes really well. Eleven. He hasn't been in contact with him, Whitaker. <sighs> oh no, gang. <laughs> so fucked. All right, Hugo. I am going to trust that you are not taking advantage of me and my ignorance of magic and my ignorance of your powers in order to lie to me. I am going to trust that you are just a private individual who is sometimes uncomfortable sharing your life with us and that is fine and there's nothing more to it but Aiden thinks something's up which explains hey Natalie yeah how much information was lost Like everything going all the way back to even being on the Ferris wheel with Aiden? No, you remember everything that happened. You just don't remember the Curious crew being part of it. Okay. You forgot them, not the events. Cool. Oh, I thought he just lost the last two battles with the monsters. Nope. But he remembers everything. He remembers the fight. They're not in it. And any time they pulled something important or were a big portion of a time, it's fuzzy and he doesn't recall it. Mm. Got it. Shit. I assume you're talking about the stuff she was trying to ask me on the Ferris wheel a while back? You can assume so, Whitaker. She told you she would talk to Hugo. Yes. As far as I know, everything's good. 
well, we're missing three amulets, but beyond that, everything's good. Yeah. Sorry, Hugo. I'm just a little on edge. Well, given Damien's light show, that's not too surprising either. We need to figure out a way to deal with all this. Fast. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I thought I'd let you know because um, it wouldn't normally be an issue, but Dr. Kabe is um, hes one of King O's contacts. He was on that email list that I got from Linan's computer. And Aiden had said some things that made me worried, and I just needed to make sure that nothing else was going on. <sighs> but that's all right. that That's good. You know what? Hey, it's a weight off my back. Can I request a roll from someone? What roll? A, a manipulate roll from Whitaker. <laughs> um, Whitaker's not trying to manipulate you at this point. Okay. Yeah, you can you can make whatever decision you want. If Hugo <laughs> feels guilty, like you can make a decision. But yeah, I don't think it's a. Uh... It was more to see how how worried he feels. What's the guilt roll? Uh, yeah. Th- I mean, Whitaker is being genuine here. He was checking in because he was concerned about a thing, and you know, Aiden was already concerned about the same thing. So. Okay, you know that that thing I said about how I hadn't been in contact with him. Kind of a, a half-truth. Okay. All right. <sighs> I, I haven't been in contact with him willingly. Hugo, is there a reason you didn't tell us this? It wasn't a problem. It hasn't been a problem. But if he's connected with King, that could be a problem. Yeah, it could be a big problem, actually. It could actually be um, all of our problems right about now. If he knows where we are and what we're doing, that's information King O has accessed. <sighs> no, it's... All right, all right. <sighs> Whitaker takes a, a, a big, deep breath. When was the last time you saw him? We can stop this now uh, uh, if we can just figure out where what he knows. Technically, five minutes ago. At the same time, the concept of when was the last time that I saw him has nothing to do with what he knows about me at any given time, I'm pretty sure. Hugo, could he be watching us right now? Oh, absolutely. And you... But anyone could be watching us right now. Is there seriously no reason you thought this would be important to tell us? Not during, like, the hours of road travel we had together at any point? Not during any mission debrief? Never struck you as something you wanted to share with us? It didn't seem important at the time. We have a lot of stuff going on. Alright, well, at some point we're gonna have to reevaluate what's fucking important on this mission. Hugo, this worries me. This worries me incredibly Whitaker how mad are you uh he'll he'll take a moment to do a walk around the motel yeah yeah let's let's go with that so what's the last thing you say before you leave Hugo as long as it has the word remember in it you're doing it right <laughs> you, you know what it is Fuck. he says under his breath Jesus Christ, at least when Felicity makes a rash decision, she has the decency to do it under adult supervision. And leaves. Yikes. 
Hugo Whitaker storms off. Probably the most upset you've seen him in terms of like not a life or death situation. He's just mad. And Whitaker, you walk around the hotel for a little bit. There's a vending machine if you want to grab something. Stress drink a, a Coca-Cola. Yeah. Oof. Didn't think. Crack it open. You know, personally, I stick to black coffee when I need some stress caffeine. Less sugar content. Stepping out of the shadows, Whitaker, is Eastie Agent Lincoln Allstaff. Gun raised. He puts his hands up. Oh, hey, now, Mr. Whitaker. It's Mr. Now, of course, because you are no longer an official agent. Yeah, you don't gotta tell me twice. Where's the rest of you? They're not here, Whitaker. Agent Bert Sayre <gasps> steps up besides Lincoln. Oh. All right, what's this? We thought we could talk about what is actually going on with you and your group. And Mr. Edgecrest. Just between old friends. <sighs> I'm gonna be honest, Agent Allstaff, less than a week ago... This was not the same conversation we were having. No, it was not. But less than a week ago, I got uppercut by an angel after she explained a very cosmic, very potentially real threat. So I went digging. And, uh... Well, we ran into Bert here when we were looking into the incident at the county fair. Whitaker, do you enjoy putting young civilians in danger, or are you just that unlucky? (sighs) Yeah, it's one of my favorite pastimes. Of course I'm that unlucky. Jesus. Hey, what is it with my team giving out compromising information wherever they go? (laughs) Well, you're with a bunch of greenhorns. Speaking of, why don't we take this inside? Yeah, let's. And the three agents step into a room and close the door behind them. And that's where we'll end our session. Woo! I love them. (gasps) Woo! Incredible. (gasps) Thank you. Fancy. (laughs) 